Topic we're going to be looking at this afternoon is how to listen to John's voice. And is it, there we go. The way I sort of came to preaching is I preached this sermon at Bell Church uh, about two months ago and did this series called You Ask For It. And normally when we come with our preaching um, series, ask for the phrase that I would like to do myself. Sit down and we'll think about what you want to talk about and make a plan. But this time we thought, let's actually see what the people from Bell Church want to actually ask the preacher on. So we did this series called You Ask for It, where we just ask people to send in questions and then whatever those questions were, we'd be in our pockets. And two of those questions were about this topic that we're looking at today, which is how to listen to God's voice. I think one of the questions was just concerning God's voice, question mark. Second question was, how can I decipher God's voice without mixing up with my own thoughts and feelings? And I thought, well, that was a really good question. I didn't have all the prayers and I still am still learning in this area. But this is sort of what I'm playing out with the response to that question, how to listen to God's voice. Now, one of the things that's really interesting about both of those um, questions is that there's the assumption that God does want to speak to us. I think that's a really awesome thing. God is the God of the universe, He created everything, this big, massive, gigantic God, and I think that He wants to spend time talking to us is a pretty amazing thing. Now, I've got a couple of photos I want to show you. And this is the first one. Now, has anyone here seen this photo before? Probably, probably, probably in the news a little bit lately. So, NASA just recently sent up this really fancy new space telescope called the James Webb Telescope. And this is kind of the, the latest one to replace the Hubble telescope. And already this is giving us this new insight into the incredible universe we're part of. And this one is called the Carina Nebula. And this is probably one of the most beautiful uh, images that I've seen in the ones that have so far. And it's really just amazing to be able to see these images and get this sort of fresh perspective of the universe we're part of. Now, my favourite image though, I don't think it's quite as beautiful as this one, but this one is my favourite image. And this is the first image they released, and as the person from NASA was sharing about this, this image, they said that, they said to try to get a bit of an idea of the scope of what's being looked at here, they said, imagine you're holding a frame of sand, and you hold this sand up at arm's length, and you look up towards the sky, the whole, everything within that picture is, is about the same size as a little piece of sky that that brain of sand would be covering up. And every one of those dots is not just a star, every one of those is actually a galaxy filled with hundreds of millions of stars. And so if you imagine that multiplied all over the sky, like the universe is humongous. And, and yet, today we're talking about the God who created all of that actually wanting to interact with us on a personal level. Now, I want to read a few verse from Psalm chapter 8. This is written by David, and I sort of, just sort of pictured him out in a, in a field somewhere, maybe with sheep, and like, the sun has gone down, and he's looking at the stars, and he's having the same sort of amazing sort of thought of that one, where he says, when I consider your heavens, all the things I'm looking at in the sky, he did at the James Webb Telescope, the size would be amazing, just for that one. 
for working your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place. What is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? So David there is just, is just in all that the God who created all these amazing things that he's seen actually cares about him, is mindful of him, actually wants to interact with him. So as we think about listening to God, let's just begin by just thinking how awesome it is that God created all these things that he wants to see us in his world. Now I want to take you to the Old Testament and we're going to go to a, a story that we find in 1 Samuel. And we open the book of 1 Samuel, it begins with um, this woman by the name of Hannah. And Hannah has a problem, and I'm just talking to your eyes this morning, what's up and just saying, she asks the question, what got you stuck this week? Okay. And for Hannah, there was something that got her stuck, and that was she was unable to have a child. And this was something that was really bothering her, and the family that she was part of was actually a second wife who was having children. And so for her, this was, this was really getting her really bothered. And, and so she, the story goes, she's she there and she's pleading with God, please, I really want to have a child. And so she makes this vow to God and says, God, if you give me a child, I promise that I will dedicate this child's entire life back to you. And so the story goes on, God answers her prayer, and she has this, this little boy. And the boy is just very small. She takes this, this boy and dedicates this boy to God. He gives this boy to people that work at the sanctuary, which was um, what the, before the temple was a big building, the tent. Um, and so she takes this boy there, and the priest says on that Eli, and she gives her son to Eli and says, This, this son is to be used to look after and to help the work of God here. And so, Little Samuel was his name, and he's growing up, and he's surrounded by all these things about God, um, and he's learning, and he's and he's having this experience. Eli is kind of like a father to Samuel. Now one night, Samuel is sleeping in the sanctuary space, and so he's on his—I thought he was on this little rolled-out mat, a little boy sleeping there, and then somewhere else, not exactly there, but somewhere else, too far away, is. Eli is my father for you. Now, so Samuel is there, sleeping in the middle of the night. Your Eli, Eli, you called me. I didn't call you, Samuel. Go back to sleep. So Samuel walks back, very confused. Did anything wrong? Goes back. Oh, there we go. A bit louder. And lies down the mat. Samuel, he must be calling me. So he races out, Eli, Eli, you've called me. And at this point, this is getting a little bit strange, and Eli thinks, hang on, maybe God is wanting to speak to little Samuel. And this is what how the story goes. It says, then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel goes back, he lays down in his place again, and it says, I love the words that it says, it says, the Lord came and stood there. Now, I don't know, Like we were told about what he heard, but maybe he saw something as well. So God comes in some sort of way, stands there next to little Samuel, and, and then says, Samuel, Samuel. This time Samuel wakes up, he knows what to do, 
I imagine him kind of trembling. It's probably a scary thing to have God speaking to you in that way. Speak, for your servant is listening. And God does. And it's this amazing story where God actually speaks to this little boy and has this really important message that he's meant to then go share with Eli and with others as well. And I think it's this amazing thing that the God who created the stars, as we talked before, like wanted to come and speak with this very small little boy. Now, I wonder if anyone else has had a story like that where God has spoken to you in an audible way or maybe come and stood next to your bed and spoken to you. Has anyone had an experience like that? Now, I know some people that have had an experience. When I shared this at at Burwood Church, I think we had probably 100 plus people. I saw maybe two hands go up. I know my wife Kylie's had an experience, not exactly like this, but an experience where she heard God's voice in an audible way. But it's unusual. And one of the first things I think we need to know is that experiences like this are actually the exception. They're quite rare. And sometimes it's easy for us to think that these sorts of experiences must happen all the time because when you read through the stories of the Bible, it's full of stories like this. Like Moses goes and God speaks through the burning bush and or Elijah has this amazing experience. And there's all these experiences in the Bible where God shows up and speaks in a very sort of dramatic way. Um, but that's not actually the what happens all the time. And the reason it feels like that is because I think it's because these stories are so sort of exceptional and dramatic that they were written down and they were recorded. And so because they were so special, they were written and recorded in, in the Bible. But these were usually often the prophets that had these experiences. And it might be one person who then was to go and share with many other people. But it wasn't every person having experiences like this. And in fact, in this very story we're looking at, it says in chapter 3, verse 1, The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. So it says right there, these types of experiences, it wasn't every second person having them. This was a very exceptional, rare thing to take place. However, what I want to share with you today is that even though experiences like this are the are rare and don't happen that often, um, God actually does want to speak to us often. And I believe that God wants us to regularly be hearing his voice. But if we're going to do this, we have to be aware of the different ways that God speaks to us. Now, I want to share with you about a little person here on the screen. So this is Laura, who's somewhere up the back there, on the mat at the back. So this is our daughter, Laura, who's nine months old today, which is kind of exciting. Um, I didn't realize that until this morning. And then I was like, nine months. Oh, how exciting. So we, was it yesterday? Yesterday. Today. Okay, there we go. What's today? There we go. I'm getting it all mixed up here. Um, so this is Alora, and even though she's nine months old, she still isn't saying many words yet. In fact, she has two words that she, one word she's very good at saying, and one she says occasionally. The word she's very good at saying is "dada," which is very exciting for me. Um, and so that was her first word. And sometimes she just says it continually. You might be driving the car, and she's in the back seat just saying "da da 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 da." Da 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 da. Right now she's looking at me going, hey, I know that word. The other word she says is help. 
but she has no idea what it means. And so she says it at the most inappropriate times. And so she'll just be playing and having having fun, and she'll just go, help, and be like, what's wrong? And but she just it's just a word that she's figured out how to say. And so both these, I think she maybe knows what Dada means a little bit, but I'm still a bit skeptical about that. However, even though Alora doesn't say audible words that make sense very often, Alora is actually, I think, a very good communicator. Alora is always saying things to us, but the thing is, we just need, the way that she speaks is in different sorts of ways. You need to be aware of the ways that she communicates. And one of the ways that Alora is great at communicating is through her body language and facial expressions. And I'll give you a couple examples. So one of the things that Alora is very good at, at, at saying is so she's been eating food now for the last few months, but she's very good at saying when she's had enough food. And so you'll be there with, with the food on a spoon or trying to give something to her, and she'll go like this. She'll like screw her face up and put her hands out, and that's her way of saying, no more food, please. Um, another thing she's good at saying is, I love you. You might be wondering, how does she say that? Well, this is how Laura says it. You might be lying on the couch with her, and yet, and she she'll look at you and she'll give this big smile and she'll reach out and she'll touch you. And I think that's her way of saying, I love you, Daddy. Another thing that she can say is, I'm scared. And I the other day I was going for a, a walk with her in the pram and we're going for, we're walking along and but I, I realized that I was running out of time and I thought, I need to get back really quickly. So I thought, let's try running with the pram. And so I just was running along and I was trying, looking at all the path and dodging all the cracks and the bumps and things and making sure that we don't have a disaster with the pram. And after a little while of doing this, I looked down and Laura just had this look like, this like terrified look on her face. And I thought, okay, I better slow down. <laughs> this is clearly her saying that I'm getting a little bit scared. And so it's amazing that even though she's not saying many like audible words, we're still able to develop this really amazing relationship with her because she's always talking with us. We just need to be aware of the, the different ways that she speaks. And so with God, we need to be aware of the, the different ways that God is speaking to us. Well, what are those ways? Well, there are many different ways, but I want to look at four different ways this, mor- this afternoon. I always used to saying this morning, because usually preaching in the morning, but okay. ways that God speaks to us. And... As I was sort of thinking this through and trying and sort of brainstorming and thinking, I came across a chapter in a little book that I was actually given when I was 11 years old at my baptism. And this book is called Steps to Christ. And in Steps to Christ, there's a chapter called A Knowledge of God. And this chapter, which I didn't realize until I went back through and looked at it, is all about the different ways that God speaks to us. And in this chapter, there are it goes through and it outlines four different ways that God rare and exceptional times that God regularly wants to communicate with us. And these are, this is what it says. It says, many are the ways in which God is seeking to make himself known to us. And then number one, nature speaks to our senses without ceasing. I like that, without ceasing. This isn't rare. This is all the time nature is speaking to us. Uh, number two, God speaks to us through his providential workings. Um, that's through the, the circumstances that are happening around us. And we'll unpack this a bit more in a moment. Number three, uh, through the influence of his spirit upon the heart. So this is these, this is an audible word, but this is these um, feelings and impressions and things that the Holy Spirit um, makes upon our heart. 
And fourthly, God speaks to us in his word. So that's referring to uh, the Bible. So here are these four things, nature, providence, Holy Spirit, and Bible. So firstly, for nature, I want to take you to a verse in Psalm 19. And again, um, this is written by David, probably looking up at the sky once, like we were talking about before. And David writes these words, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. So what this is saying is that nature is speaking to us. There might not be any actual like audible words or audible speech, but yet there's this constant communication that is coming to us through the things that God has made. Now I want to take you back to that um, picture that I shared at the beginning of the Carina Nebula and ask you, what, what do you hear God saying to you through this picture? Any thoughts? What is God saying to you? I'll share with you some of the things that I hear God saying to me when I look at this. I hear God saying about how huge he is and powerful he is and how if God created these things, God, it's like God is saying, like, if I made these things, then I can take care of the big thing, challenging things in your life as well. And the beauty there speaks to me about God's love for things that are beautiful and, and um, so it speaks of God's power and his grandeur and all these things is communicating this message to us about God. It's not just in the stars, all the, the little things as well. When you look at a butterfly or a fish or a gorilla as we have there, all these things, there's, there's messages that God has for us in these things that he has created. And you think of the, of the butterfly, it's so small and the details are so fine and, the, and, and God is the one who designed the, the colors on the butterfly's wing and designed how that can be, uh, how that can function. And so God is communicating that he can not only help us with the big things in life, but even the, the little details as well. And when you look at a, a parent animal with their little baby and you see the love that, that is within nature in some of those scenes like this, we see God speaking to us of the love that he has for us and, and we see how God just cares so much for us. And so when we place ourselves in nature, there's all these little messages that God has for us to hear from him. What about providence? When we're talking about providence, we're talking about the, the circumstances that happen in the, around us where God is taking care of us through our life journey. Um, beginning of last year, Kylie and I moved to Melbourne and we had to find a place to live, which is the first task you do when you move somewhere new. Um, and so we wanted to try buying a house and if anyone else was trying to buy a house last year, you would know that it was such a bad time to be buying a house because the market was going absolutely crazy. And we would have experiences like we'd go to a house to um, inspection and there'd be a hundred other people there at the house inspection or we'd put an offer on a house and there'd be 25 other offers or we'd put an offer in that we felt was it was already above the range I'd said and they would laugh us. That, it, well, feel like they're laughing at us on the phone when we give it and we, or we wouldn't hear back from them and it was just we got really discouraged by this and a few months later after living in people's at family and friends houses and and feeling sort of really unsettled in this transition here to Melbourne we're at the point of being ready to give up and um, I remember I went to this this um, 
this house inspection and it was very strange because I was, unlike all these other ones, I was the only person there at the inspection and, but it was a nice house and I was thinking, what's wrong with this place? But it seemed really nice and then um, the auction we couldn't go to because it was on a Saturday and so we thought, well, we're not going to get this place. But afterwards we found out that even though there was a few people at the auction, no one bidded for this house and so it was passed in which is very strange compared to all of our other experiences. And so we went there on the Monday to the, had it open again and we put an offer in and it was a, compared to all these really high offers, it was a fairly low offer in comparison. And the next day we, it, we got the house and it just like fell into our laps. And I remember just being, we were just like, whoa, like that's amazing that, that God just came through for us right when we were on the edge of giving up. And, I know that in sharing this story, there's probably someone else in this room that's had the opposite experience, where maybe that house didn't fall into the into your laps. Um, and I don't know the reasons why God works in these sorts of ways sometimes, and sometimes it seems that things are just not working out. But for Kylie and myself, with that experience, we really felt God was speaking to us through that, saying, "You got you guys stepped out in faith, coming down here, um, and you're worried about this, but I'm." I'm taking care of you. I'm here for you. I'm, I'm here to support you and you can trust in me. I'm going to look after you along this, this journey that you're taking. So that's God speaking through the providences of life. Number three, Holy, the Holy Spirit. I want to, so, yeah, so the, the, the sentence that was through the influence of the Spirit upon the heart. Well, what might that experience be like to have? I want to show you two verses from um, this man by the name of Saul, who's also known as Paul. And Saul was someone who was kind of like enemy number one of the church in the early days of the Christian church. And in this, ex- in this experience, Saul is on his way to round up a group of Christians and to put them in prison. And he's going on this journey and he's, um, and he's going along this road when suddenly he has one of those rare, exceptional experiences where Jesus shows up and Jesus speaks to him and it's this amazing experience. But what we actually see in what Jesus says is that we get this little insight. This wasn't the first time God had been speaking to Saul. And this is what it says. It says, And I heard a voice saying to me, so this is a voice from Jesus, "Um, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. Now, does anyone know what that phrase, kick against the goads, means? Well, you wouldn't, it's not a, unless you're a farmer, probably from the time of Jesus, you probably would have no idea what that meant. And I didn't know, I had to look this up, what this actually means. But apparently a goad is a sort of a, a long uh, stick that has a sharp point on the end. And farmers would use it for herding along their, their cattle. So they would go along and they would, they're not going in the right direction. They would prod it with this really sharp pointy stick. And it was very uncomfortable for the animal. So they would turn around and they'd go in the other direction. Now, does this sound like a, a comfortable experience for Saul, having God speak to his heart like being having a goad. This is not a comfort. This is this is God like this is a there's something this this experience was was some in some way like being poked with a pointy stick. It was God's way of saying, You're going in the wrong direction, Saul, you're going in the wrong direction. So sometimes when the Holy Spirit speaks to us, it's not a comfortable experience. And maybe you've had experiences like that where you felt God saying you're going in the wrong direction. Well, let me share with you another verse, again by the same character who wrote this. The peace of God, 
which transcends all understanding. Um, peace and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. Now, this is a very different experience here. This is peace. This is contentment. This is this calm amidst the storm going around him. And right at this moment, he was actually in prison at this time, and yet had this overwhelming peace that he was experiencing. Very different experience, but both were the Holy Spirit speaking to Saul and 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 speaking to his heart. So here we have, again, we're going through these um, things here. So we've had nature, providence, Holy Spirit, and finally the Bible is a way that God speaks to us. And one of my favorite verses on this is Hebrews 1 verse 1. And it says, In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he, also, he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. So according to these verses, there's two great big ways that God speaks to us. One is the prophets, and number two is through Jesus. And so with the prophets, that's what we talked about earlier where God sort of chooses someone like Samuel and has these dramatic revelations of, um, and speaks in, in very clear, distinct ways, and then they are to share that with others, and in that way God speaks through the prophets to the people around. And for Jesus, um, that's when Jesus came to this world, which was the greatest communication from God to us, where God himself actually walked amongst us and spoke to us. The question is, how do we have access to these ways where God is speaking to us? Well, the answer is through the Bible. And the Bible is essentially this collection of messages that God has spoken through the prophets that have been recorded down for us. And when you think about the message through Jesus, well, it's the Bible that we have the story of Jesus. And so through these ways, God is wanting to speak to us through the Bible. And the thing is, the Bible is not just God speaking to us in the ancient past, and now we're hearing what God said ages ago. But when we read the Bible, God is actually speaking to us today, presently. Um, it makes me think of this verse here, Hebrews 4.12, where it says, For the Word of God is alive and, and active. And so when we read the Bible, the Holy Spirit um, is, is working upon our hearts and our minds and guiding us and, and, help, and, is, and is drawing our attention to ideas or words or concepts or lessons in real time. So that when we're reading these ancient messages, it's actually God speaking to us today as well. And so... We have nature, providence, Holy Spirit, and the Bible. And these things, they're not rare. God wants to speak to us often like this. But the question I have is, are we listening? Are we listening to God speaking to us through these ways? And I want you to think once again about little, um, little Samuel, who's there, and God is literally speaking to you, Samuel, 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 and he has no idea that it's happening until he actually stopped and he said those words, uh, which were, speak for your servant is listening. He actually invited God to speak to him. And so how often do we simply invite God to speak to us? How often do we linger in that space? Now, for these different things, this might look something different. Like, for example, in nature, it might just look like going for a walk in nature and immersing yourself in, in what God has created and just being like, God, I invite you to speak to me here and just lingering in that space and, and being attentive to the lessons that God is saying. If you're reading the Bible, it's not just reading to learn new things, but it's saying, God, 
speak to me today and and it's and it's and it's letting those words soak into your mind and heart and and really being attentive to what God is saying through the Bible. But it doesn't always come easy. It's actually something we need to learn. We need to learn to listen. And that's certainly what we saw happen with um, with little Samuel. You might, uh, in the story it says, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not been yet been revealed to him. And he didn't have this, he was just a little boy. He hadn't yet learned how to listen to God. And that's why when it happened, he had no idea what was happening until Eli gave him some direction. But And then he actually began to get to the place where he actually learned to now start to listen to God. And I think it's like learning anything else. The more we practice it, the better we get at it. Um, so we need to learn to listen. In John chapter 10, verse 2 to 3, here Jesus here is speaking, and he He's likening himself to being like a shepherd. And he says these words. He says, The sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. His sheep follow him because they know his voice. And then Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Now, when I grew up, I grew up on a set of fairly large property and we had a fair few cows. And we had motorbikes at the time. And when the cows needed to be rounded up, that's how we'd round them up. We'd get on the motorbikes and it was very loud and it was... And you would scare these cows in all sorts of directions until they'd go to where you wanted them to go. That's not how they did it back in these days. In those days, the shepherd was spent so much time with the sheep that the sheep just had this great relationship with the shepherd and they knew his voice. And so the, the, she- the shepherd would just walk along and speak to them and call them by name and they would recognize his voice and follow. And I like this because it shows us that as we practice listening to God and we develop this relationship with God, we'll get to know him and we'll become more familiar to his voice. And as that happens, um, God will be, will we recognize God's more, voice more simply because we've been learning what it sounds like. And you might remember at the um, beginning I said one of those questions we had was, how can I decipher God's voice without mixing it up with my own thoughts and feelings? Well, I think part of that is as we learn to recognize God's voice, we, we learn to really discern whether this is really God speaking or just something that I'm feeling. Um, now, the last little thing I want to share with you before we finish up is looking at making decisions. And Because I think often when we, we want God to speak to us is when we have a decision to make. Maybe it's a job that, that you're thinking about going or a career pathway, and you're thinking, God, is this is this the right path for me? Please speak to me. Maybe it's someone that you're fallen in love with and you're thinking, is this the right person for me to marry? Um, as we drove here, we saw um, all the people, all the election just around the corner. There was all the signs of the election taking place. And maybe you're going to vote and you're thinking, God, who should I vote for? Please tell me who to vote for. It's often when we have these decisions that we need to make, when we really have this, this desire to hear from God. And so I want to share with you three principles that I've found helpful in trying to hear from God at times when I'm making decisions. So. The first one is to be patient. One of the things that I've learnt is that God doesn't always reveal everything to us at once, but it happens in a progressive sort of way. Um, I want you to imagine that you're going for a car, a, a road trip, and it's late at night. Let's imagine you're driving to a long way to say Sydney or something like that. And so you hop in the car and you turn the lights on. How far do you think you'll be able to see with your car headlights? Throw out a number. What would you say? 
How many meters? What was that? 10 meters? Okay, maybe 10 meters. Maybe 20 meters. Not very far. Now let me change this question slightly. How far can you travel with car headlights? Well, you can you go all the way to Sydney. You can go as far as you want. Why is it that with headlights that only show you, say, 10 meters or something like that distance in front of you, why is it that you can travel for hundreds and hundreds of kilometers? Well, it's because when you start, you might only see 10 meters in this direction, but then when you get there, it lights up the next 10 meters. And then you get there, and it lights up the next 10 meters. And the light continually, it doesn't reveal very far ahead, but it always reveals enough for that next little part where you have to go. And I think when God leads us, often he leads us in this sort of way. He doesn't reveal everything at once, but he reveals enough for the next step that we need to take. Make you think of Abram in the Bible. God said to him, um, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. So go on this big journey to this new land. And later on in Hebrews it says, By faith Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. So God said go, but he never told him the, the destination. That was revealed piece by piece along the journey. And so the first principle is to be patient. Secondly is to be willing. Sometimes we say, God, what decision should I make? But really, in our hearts, we've already decided what we want to do, um, and we've already decided on the decision that we want to make. And so it's important that we have an openness to actually follow what God reveals to us. There's a verse in John 7:17 7, that says, If anyone's will is to do God's will, he will know. And the context here is that there's all these people with all these questions about Jesus. Is Jesus the Messiah? Is he just a good person? Is he a deceiver? Is his message really from God? All these sorts of things. And Jesus says, if you have the willingness to do God's will, you'll actually find the answers. And I think that's something that's true for um, discerning God's voice at times of um, making decisions. If we come with an openness and we truly want to follow God wherever it leads, I think God is much more likely to speak to us. Maybe you're thinking, but, I but something within me doesn't want to follow God. I want to marry this person, and I'm not sure if God wants me to, but that's where I want to do, and how do I change my desires? Well, the good news is that God can actually change your desires as well. In Philippians 2.13, it says, For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. So God doesn't just help us to do his will. He helps us to actually want to do God's will as well. And so when you want to hear God's voice in these times, just say, God, I don't even want, I know what I want to do, but God, change my desires, change my will, and give me the courage to follow your path. Final one for making decisions is be free. Be free. What do I mean by that? One of the things we see in Scripture is that God has made us, he's given us the gift of freedom. But sometimes when it comes to decisions, we, we speak to God as if God has already decided every single decision that we should ever make. But that's actually not what freedom looks like. And in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, here Adam and Eve had just been created, and some of the first things that God said to them were, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. In other words, Adam and Eve, I haven't got a manual here for everything that you are to do for the rest of your lives, but you're free. Rule, you're in charge. Do the things that you want to do in this world. Yes, there's general principles for you to follow, but you have this freedom. 
And so, yes, there are times when God gives us very specific direction and advice, but there's also times where God, I think, gives us freedom and he gives us principles that that show his will, but he lets us to really follow the direction that we want within those boundaries that God has given us. Let's go to, oh, I'll share this first. So James 1.5 says this, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. So if you have this, have a decision you need to make, and you're like, God, I really need wisdom, I want to show you what this verse does not say. It doesn't say, ask for wisdom, and he will tell you what to do. It says, and it will be given to you. God will give you the wisdom to, to work out the situation. God is not a micromanager. I think that's something important for us to realize when it comes to our decisions. But God is a wisdom giver. And so, yes, there's times where God gives very specific things, but we need to remember there's also times where we're operating within God's freedom. There's possibly lots of options that are good options to take. So there's some principles for making decisions. I want to finish with one story here, um, a story from the life of Jesus, and it says this. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. There's our, she's just sitting there and listening. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Martha came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will be not taken will not be taken away from her. So here we see two sisters. One is busy doing all these things, getting ready for Jesus. The other one is just sitting at Jesus' feet and listening to him. Other one comes in, Jesus, tell my sister to help me. And Jesus says, Martha, there's only one thing that is truly important, that is truly necessary, and it's what Mary has chosen. Well, what was Mary doing? She was simply sitting at Jesus' feet and listening to him. And that shows me that there must be something about hearing God's voice and listening to Jesus and placing ourselves in those spaces where we simply linger with Jesus and, we, and we, we're, try, we're trying to hear what he's saying to us that Jesus says is of incredible, important, even necessary value in our life. And so to summarize my message today is that God wants to speak to us. He's speaking to us in so many different ways. We just need to realize the ways that he's actually speaking to us. Nature, providence, spirit on our heart, the Bible, and I'm sure there's a whole list of other things as well. But we need to have that willingness to listen. And so I encourage you to, to find spaces in your life where you can simply sit there with God and say to God, speak to me. I'm here, I'm listening. I don't really know how this all works, but I'm going to try and learn. And as, as you practice this, you'll get to know God's voice clearer and clearer and it'll be easier and it'll get louder and louder in your life. And so that's my challenge to you, to be like Mary and whatever that might look like in your situation and to sit there and find spaces in your life to sit and listen to God. Let's finish with a word of prayer. Father in heaven, thank you that you want to speak to us. That's an amazing thing to try to wrap our minds around you even though you created the stars and the galaxies and the nebula and all these wonderful 
things in the world, that you, you have time and interest to speak to us. And so, God, I pray for each person here, myself included. Lord, I'm just a beginner at this. I'm just learning this. But, God, we want to hear your voice. And so we invite you to speak to us. I pray that you'll help us to carve out spaces in our life so we're not just so busy like Martha, but where we can actually stop and listen to your voice in nature, listen to your voice on our hearts, listen to the things that are happening around us and listen to you in Scripture, Lord. And I pray that you would yeah, lead us into this really rich, dynamic walk with you. Um, and God, I want to pray for each person here as they go into their, their weeks ahead. Whatever challenges might lie in their way, I pray that you'll be with them. May you guide them. If there's someone here today that has big decisions that need to be made, I pray that you would give them wisdom, that you give them willingness, that you'd reveal at least the next step for them to take. Um, and God, I pray that you'd really help us to learn to listen to your voice, is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.